probably the biggest thing. And then um, also just not giving up too soon or, you know, just really not being afraid to fail because we failed quite a bit or like not necessarily failed, but like we look back and we're like, Oh my God, like, what were we doing? You know? Yeah. But, um, we've learned so much from all of that trial and we would not be where we are today if we hadn't just kept going and just like, I'm sure two years from now we'll look back at what we're doing today and some of our stuff will be like, what? <laughs> but that's good. That's it. Like, that's a good thing. And being true to yourself, I think realizing there's no right or wrong to it, right? There's no yeah. guidebook on how to do this. So, yeah. you know, it should reflect you and what's important to you. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said. Let's thrive. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Thrive. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and I, I'm i back. We're back to the podcast, guys. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I was just on a little bit of a trip and kind of took a social media hiatus. felt so good. And, you know, at first it kind of felt weird to be home again, doing regular, normal human being things instead of (laughs) flouncing around at some retreat in Malibu, but I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to dive into podcasting more and, you know, just put a bit more effort into it. Well, not that I'm not already, but you guys get the gist in. Anyway, so it's good to be back. You know, I might be a little rusty (laughs) for this recording, but besides that, I'm so excited. I have lots of guests lined up. Um, multiple podcast interviews each week for the next few weeks and my head's kind of spinning between you know scheduling coming up with questions preparing podcasts in advance and it's just a whole rigmarole but won't trade it for the world so yeah I'm going to keep this intro short today just because you know this podcast episode is actually normal length but (laughs) I'm pretty busy so short intro let's dive right into some life updates Um, If you follow me on Instagram, then you'll know that I finally received the official diagnoses for chronic hepatitis C, Um, but where it gets interesting is that I'm still being tested for autoimmune factors, and if it's autoimmune, then everything pretty much changes, and so as of now, I have no clue, you know, what's going on and what is going to happen. Um, He, you know, My doctor isn't too certain if it's autoimmune or not, so we're waiting for the testing. Uh, As far as treatment goes, chronic hepatitis C would actually be the better route to take, but if it's autoimmune, I will deal with it as, you know, as it comes. Uh, On from that, I did come back from an amazing vacation. I spent two and a half days or so in Virginia Beach with, like, 19 members of my family, lots of little kids, my older cousins, you know, my aunt, as well as my brother and dad. We had such a blast cooking all of our meals together, staying in one big house, going down to the ocean and late night walks on the beach and early morning coffees. I, of course, had my Four Sigmatic coffee. Nevertheless, it was so much fun and just such a good refresher for me and my heart and everything. I was, you know, hardly on my phone. Loved it. So then flew from Virginia Beach, Norfolk Airport to be exact, and landed at LAX late, of course. Thank you, Delta. But all was well, 
got to the retreat in Malibu. It was through the Almost 30 podcast, and honestly, I could probably chat about it for about an hour or two, so I'm just going to say this. I went into it uncertain why the hell I'd spent that much money going to a retreat for podcasting and health and wellness when I have so much going on, but I did. Did I have regrets? Yeah, like once or twice, but I think just about everybody has those when they actually invest money in themselves because they're wondering why they did that. Anyway, I got there, you know, and I was homesick for the first few hours because I had just left 20 of my closest member, family members at the beach, my favorite place on earth. So, you know, it kind of creates those emotions and I, you know, don't fly too well. I kind of lost hearing in my right ear and my blood vessels and my eyes were popped, but you know, all was well, got to the retreat. After the first, you know, half day, which was a little rough for me just emotionally and, you know, with physical ailments, um, but then I passed out that night and slept so well, woke up in the morning and it was like, bam, ready to go. I just snapped my fingers as emphasis. That's how like ready to go I was. Probably because, you know, I was used to the time zone, whatever. Anyway, from that point onward, the retreat was just like total bliss. I, you know, and I'm not saying like total bliss as in we did nothing laid around. I'm talking, it was just total bliss for my soul. Like we, between the workshop, we we were constantly going. I was exhausted by the end of that thing because we were constantly going, whether it was workshops, you know, for personal development, um, something such as spirituality, healing, entrepreneurship, you know, we did astrology and Reiki and sound baths and talked with amazing women such as Kelly Levesque and Jordan Younger and wow, my mind was blown open. And in that, yeah, we did relax because you know what? Everybody deserves to relax every now and then. And most of the women on this retreat, actually all of them, were, you know, using this as me time. And that's what I was too. So we did have time where we could go to the pool or, you know, just sit around and talk with the others. And it was such an amazing opportunity to just build connections with other women, like-minded women, talk about things that matter to us and you know, light us up and to be around though that many people all with similar beliefs and thoughts and ideas was just so refreshing. So refreshing. I needed it. Anyway, I came home, got home at like 3 a.m., slept for about four or five hours, got up and went to work this local music festival. That was like a 12-hour shift. Came home and kind of passed out on my bed hardly. <laughs> Made it. But I passed out, (laughs) woke up at 11 a.m. the next day, kind of had a rocky day because I was feeling everything from the past week hit me and, you know, kind of felt hungover, but hungover on life considering I don't drink. Um, Anyway, so then that night, I forget what happened. I ended up staying up way too late, had to wake up super early Monday morning for a doctor's appointment. You know, I was on like three hours of sleep, went to the doctors, that turned into like a 10-hour ordeal, got my diagnosis came home, and then today I've just been trying to regroup and last minute record this intro for the podcast tomorrow. And I'm sorry because this intro is already long. (laughs) Okay, I'm done rambling about my life, but in case you were interested, there you go. Otherwise, you can skip on ahead. So we'll dive now into today's actual guests, Lexi and Beth from the amazing blog and Instagram, Crowded Kitchen. You can find them on Instagram at crowded underscore kitchen. I suggest you look them up so that way you know how amazing they are before we dive into today's conversation. I wanted to have these two amazing women on because A, they're two amazing women running an amazing blog and Instagram. 
I, you know, love my spirituality, my health and wellness, but I, you know, fundamentally love good food, whether it's cooking, baking, give it all, I love it all. So when I found their page, I was absolutely blown away. Their photography is beyond beautiful. Their recipes are amazing and right up my alley for how I eat, you know, and they're easy, they're not overly complicated, and they all actually sound good. You know how sometimes these, you know, like real big bloggers have recipes and you're kind of like, what the hell is that ingredient? Well, no, these are all things that I would eat and my family would eat, which makes it easier. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but (laughs) these women are so amazing. And I will not say that phrase again, I promise, but I just have to like drill it into your head. So in today's, you know, episode, we talk about their business and basically how, how they got into this even being a business. You know, we go all the way back to when Lexi started this as, you know, just a fun Instagram and either like high school or college. And, you know, over time she developed food sensitivities and allergies. And in this time, her, you know, mother started helping her. And next thing you know, they explain it in the podcast, but they just build, build, build like a little step at a time until boom, this is their business now. And in that they walk us through their process of how they work as a tag team to literally they said they shoot like eight recipes a day i was like how i do maybe two a week if i'm lucky so you definitely have something to learn from them because i did their process was amazing i loved it they share their biggest tips in general whether it's from you know photography to food prep to working with brands to you know utilizing your blog utilizing instagram and then as i mentioned we go over how they work with brands and what brands mean to their business which was an interesting outlook you know to talk with someone who is in this business on a large scale that are using their platform as their actual business and it just boggles my mind so we go over how they actually self-taught themselves photography which was very interesting i just assumed they were naturals and I mean, they have to be naturals to some degree for how amazing they are, but they, you know, do a very good job explaining how they learned and improved their photography, as well as, you know, their processes, how they schedule their time, and actually also, you know, how they better utilize their products as well. I have them share their best advice for anyone looking to start their own business in this field, and I think it could, you know, pretty much correlate to anybody wanting to start their own business that's in a creative fields such as this where you're you know in charge of thinking and creating and sharing your own products creations you know whatnot they also say what they wish they would have known in advance and how and kind of you know guide us through what they did each step along the way so no that was a long drawn out intro and you know my apologies but there's a lot to say and apparently i'm excited to be back to podcasting I'll see you guys in the outro. Remember, they're on Instagram at crowded underscore kitchen. If you like today's show, please share or, or, you know, whatever, if it resonates with you on Instagram, or if you're feeling very kind, you could go to iTunes, leave a rate, review, maybe subscribe if I'm lucky, but either way, I'll take you just for listening. I appreciate you. Much love. I will see you on the flip side. And without further ado, here is Lexi and Beth. Well, one thing I always start out with is what is one thing that has made you smile today? So if you both want to answer this, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, I'll go first. Um, definitely our dogs. That's what I was going to say. They are definitely, they keep things uh, light around here. <laughs> They're both really 
incredibly goofy and they kind of try to steal our food all the time, but they are our little kitchen sidekicks. So <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> and it's a beautiful day outside. So that's also helpful. <laughs> I'm always surprised. So many people say their dogs are what makes them smile. I love that. I think pets are the ultimate mood boost and partners in crime. So <laughs> they definitely are for us <laughs> sleeping under our feet right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I always have my brother like keep the animals away because they'll come up and bark at the door when I'm recording. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess then to start out, would you both like to maybe give, you know, just an introduction into who you are and what you do? And we can just kind of start from there. Sure. So I'm Lexi. Um, obviously, we're a mother-daughter team. Um, yes. Hi. <laughs> um, and basically, uh, four years ago, right? Four years ago? Yeah, yeah four, four years, years ago. Um, I started an Instagram account when I was in college. Um, I was on the track and cross country team at my school and had been dealing with some food allergies that, um, you know, having them in college and running track and cross country was kind of challenging. So I basically just started an Instagram account um, just to kind of show how I was managing these allergies and still competing as an athlete and whatnot. Um, and then <clears throat> a few months into it, I decided to go abroad um for the first semester of my senior year uh so so i inherited the account yeah so she <laughs> jumped in um, she also actually coached me in high school so we've always had a really close relationship um and it kind of just naturally became a partnership um do you want to talk about your class yeah i think for me like the whole obviously being a mom healthy eating was always really important to me and um and then as a coach, that was something that like I felt really passionate about as far as just me and my kids growing up to be well-rounded adults and also for performance. So um, I really did a lot of research and learned a lot on my own. And so I would say that's kind of where the nutrition thing really started between us yeah. since I was her coach. And then like she said with the food allergies, which I also share, then it just kind of snowballed from there. So. Yeah, so then I, um, so that was my senior year of college, and then after, um, after I graduated, I got my first job working for Leap Feed. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, um, it's a food media company based in New York, so I moved to New York for a year, um, worked for them, and it was an awesome experience, and I learned a lot, and we were still running Crowded Kitchen on the side, mostly here in Michigan with her. Um, but it was more, it was still really just a hobby at that point, And we were just kind of seeing where it was actually superfood runner was our original yeah, name. That actually, we were not crowded kitchen, <laughs> we were original but, um, yeah. So after a year at, at the feed feed, I, um, just felt like we kind of developed enough, you know, the skills to be able to do this on our own and run a full-time business. So I moved back to Michigan, um, to two years yeah almost two years ago now oh, wow, wow. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> um and we've been working together full-time since then so yeah that's wonderful where did you guys come up with the name crowded kitchen uh so like she said we were superfood runner originally you know the running and superfoods pretty self-explanatory but um it just didn't really fit what we were all about once we started doing this full-time and i don't really run that much anymore so it didn't make sense so we kind of um had a little family powwow and we're trying to come up with names 
And honestly, that was actually the only one that um, we all liked mm -hmm. and that had an available domain. <laughs> so it, it actually... But also it fits. Like our yeah. family is like always in the kitchen. It's always been that way since well before we did this food blog. Yeah. And um, so it just seemed to fit like yeah, our family. It kind of just worked, worked out really perfectly, honestly. <laughs> we got lucky. So. Well, I, I love it. I think it's such a unique name and... I know it, it caught my eye, you know, the first time I found you guys. And so I, I love it. <laughs> so when you guys were starting, you know, transitioning from Instagram and the superfood runner to blogging and crowded kitchen, where did you like learn what to do? How did you, you know, did you learn that while you were at feed feed or was this something you kind of like self-taught yourself on how to start a blog and all the craziness that goes into it? Yeah, I, honestly, I think we're still learning every day. There's so much that goes into it. We, we didn't realize or know at all before we started. I didn't um, even know what Instagram was until yeah. we started this. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's kind of been a natural progression because we really just started out focusing on social media and photography and developing our skills there. And then um, I would say like the most helpful tools have been uh, Food Blogger Pro. I, I'm sure you've heard of like that. Um, and they just have so many amazing tutorials on how to start food blog and just figure everything out. Um, you know, a lot of Google searches. Talking to other bloggers. Talking to other bloggers. Yeah. Trips with companies. Yeah, that's been super helpful. Um, really just a lot of trial and error. And honestly, I wouldn't say we had a handle on any of that until like this February. Um, we really decided to switch gears and really focus on the blog because that's kind of the next step um, for our business. So we're, I still don't know what I'm doing really, but <laughs> we're figuring it out every day. It, I mean, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing when they start out. So it, it's been fun. It's been interesting. So yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing amazing from my end. So <laughs> good job. But, um, so was photography, because I know, I mean, your recipes are amazing, but your photography is out of this world as well. So is that something you naturally, you know, just kind of had that skill, the eye for, or was that something that, you know, you learned somewhere or I guess just practiced? I would say just practice. I mean, I've always loved photography, you know, having three kids, I always have my camera out, you know, before the days of the iPhones and I was always taking photos and I've just always really enjoyed it. Videos, <laughs> yeah. videos yes, lots of videos. But um, yeah, I think it's just progressed like over time and it has been a lot of trial and error. And she's, she's amazing with the food styling. I would say definitely working at the Feed Feed probably really helped that being exposed to so many different bloggers and styles and things and learning that um, she's much more natural. I agonize over where things should go. And <laughs> yeah, we she just does it. <laughs> We both kind of learned photography together, um, and we were it was kind of a shared task in the first two years. We took a class online, yeah. actually. So the first night we did it, we got the camera, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the camera's broken. It's black. And my husband like knew a little bit about photography. He's like, did you adjust the lighting at all? And I'm like, oh, so that's how bad we were. Yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really been a lot of practice. And now, uh, now that we're so much busier and we're running a full-time business, I do all of the photography for our blog and she does all the recipe development because it's just so much more um, 
convenient. Like yeah, she has good complementary skills. Yeah, and she'll be in the kitchen putting something together, and I'll be like shuttling it back and forth <laughs> to the studio and shooting, and then bringing it back. So I'm on the back seat yeah. while she's shooting. So, so it, it actually works really well. Um, it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, I'm curious now, could you walk us through, like, what's a day in the life of you guys? So say you, you're, you know, done with your morning stuff and you're about to start, I guess, like working, what would kind of be like a process of yours that you go through working together as a team? Because I find this fascinating that you guys, you know, work so in sync together. Yeah. So we've, we've really figured out a schedule that works well for us. So uh, I work here at, we're at my mom's house right now. I work here three days a week. And then I work at my house two days a week. Um, so the days that we're here are our photography and recipe development days. So basically we, we will coordinate what we're making that day do the grocery shopping. Yeah. I usually send her the grocery list first thing yeah. in the morning. Since she's driving here, she can stop and pick it up and maybe I'm starting something else that I'm helping yep. already before she gets here. Yeah. And then we, um, mm -hmm. you know, we go through, we try to plan it out so that it's the most efficient use of our time based on like cooking times and if we need to take a lot of prep shots of a certain recipe. And then we literally just go through the list. She's in there prepping and making stuff and I'm literally shuttling it back and forth to the studio, taking prep shots, um, then taking the finished shots. And we usually try, I mean, it depends on the day, but I would say on, a, on the average day, we probably do we did eight last week. Yeah, we did eight photo shoots in one day. And that I was like, oh. that's not the usual. <laughs> no, so yeah, I would say three, three, four, four three, or four on, yeah. on the average day. Um, but we also have to do a lot of testing. So some days we'll be shooting for our recipes, but then testing another one at the same time. Um, but usually, I mean, it takes a solid eight hours of cooking and. Well, and clean up and all the things that yeah. people don't think about that you have to factor in shopping the cupping yeah but it's really become a good system and we are much more efficient than we used to be <laughs> now that we have a plan i would say planning is the yeah planning has really thing. changed how yeah. we function together i think yeah I was going to say, so it sounds like you guys just have a very good time, like management process set up because, you know, I think a lot of times we can get distracted by, you know, like little mundane things that don't matter as much, but you guys sound like you have it like locked down. And I think that's probably, you know, so critical to getting the work done and then being successful in it as well. Definitely. We try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not always. But. <laughs> so. Along this way, what would you say your biggest mistake and your biggest, I guess, you know, like success has been? Well, I think I would say, honestly, along those same lines, not having a great schedule for the first year or so that we were doing this full time was probably our biggest. Yeah, mistake. because sometimes I would think we were doing X, Y, Z, and in her mind, we were doing ABC, and we weren't. Like on the same page, and then that yeah. created conflict. And yeah, we weren't. We just weren't organized. Yeah, I would say yeah. lack of organization was probably one of the biggest problems we had. Yeah, because working together. I mean, I think it's different if you're working by yourself. You can really change gears easily, and and you know, if you don't want to do something one day, you can shift that. But when you're working with somebody else, you really have to make sure you're constantly on the same page and have the same understanding. And I think we were not great about that for the first year. That we, we also had a lot more food waste than that, which yeah. then increased our costs because we weren't always 
cognizant of, you know, like maybe we shoot five desserts in one day. Well, you can't eat five desserts, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I might want to, but um, <laughs> I think that planning has helped us then to say like, oh, we'll eat this for lunch, we'll have this for dinner, and now we're not wasting as much, I think, which has been really wonderful. Yeah, so really just planning has, has uh, yeah. gotten things under control. Our biggest success? Um, Honestly, I think when we, it might be a strange one, but like when we developed a style, like when we kind of decided what our style was and it's always evolving, but I think we decided what fit us, you know, not trying to be, I think when we realized that, because there's so many amazing bloggers out there and, you know, we, we love them all and they all have different unique styles. But when we realized we don't have to be like this person, this person, this person, you know, like we just decided who we were. And I think that also helped to expedite things. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's um, wonderful because I oftentimes I've interviewed a couple of the more creative minds like you guys. And sometimes what they say is, you know, they just struggle to find something that's, you know, their own because they're getting flooded with so much media that sometimes it, you know, it can infringe on your own style, your own thoughts without you even really like picking up on it, you know? And I, I feel that even in, you know, my own life, if I start to look at what I'm taking in media wise, I can see how it's starting to, you know, kind of infringe on my own. So I think that's wonderful that you guys, you know, that, that is a big success because I think that once you have that defined style, you just really get locked in and that's what draws people in because they're expecting that from you. So. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. Definitely not. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree with what you said. I think there, I mean, like the word influencer it's it's true like actually it's true like we you know other people's styles really influence us mm-hmm. and it was hard to figure out where we fit in and where we felt most comfortable um so i'm really glad and not to stress over the latest trend in the beginning yeah. i think there was that yeah. instinct like oh we need to do like hot pink and turquoise smoothie bowls and chia puddings <laughs> you know and then we realized like like that's not necessarily who we are most most of the time yeah you know we still like to do stuff like that but i think that helped to not be like so worried about what trends were and do things that were true (laughs) to us. Yeah. Well, that being said, where do you guys get your inspiration from? Uh, You know, cause I think there's so much of, you know, every dish and recipe and so much, you know, like content out there. How do you guys continually get and feel inspired? I would say we're, I think one of our biggest sources of inspiration is just seasonal produce. Um, We try to plan our content mostly around that. Um, So right now, like I would say what we're like two and a half months out Mm -hmm. in planning uh, seasonal content. So, you know, we say like, okay, we want to make four recipes using or like highlighting strawberries. And then we just think about like things that we actually eat or like want to (laughs) Eat. Um, once yeah. you start to do that then you understand the flavors that go together yeah and then just we often also try to think about recipes that maybe we once enjoyed you know with gluten and with mm-hmm. dairy and with meat that we want to make vegan and gluten-free for us ourselves to enjoy and for other people to enjoy that like a like sandwich yeah, so um, that's a huge source of inspiration because there are so many dishes out there that we can get really creative with that haven't necessarily been, um, you know, explored a ton. So like we made a um, pulled mushroom barbecue sandwich, we're actually posting it today, um, that's really similar to like a pulled pork. And it was just, it was so exciting yeah. because it was, 
it was so good and we've never had anything like that and the texture was so similar to meat that it was just really it was a fun it was a i think cool too that the challenge for us is also to get all of our meat eating uh family members yeah to like enjoy what we make it's for me that's a big success when people are yeah. like you know what i would not miss the meat in this you know so i think that's a, another big challenge yeah. i would say i make sure also i don't think we ever have problems but like coming up with ideas we have usually we have too many <laughs> ideas so we actually do big broad like brainstorming and then we narrow it down and then other things might pop and we're always i think one thing we're good about is change like always wanting to learn more and change and grow and um yeah so if something else pops into our mind that seems more appealing than what we have planned then we we're open to changing things so and now you mentioned your family, like the the success of having them finally eat something that, <laughs> you know, is healthier or a substitute for meat or gluten or something. How has, you know, family really been integrated into Crowded Kitchen? Because from what I have known about you guys, I think that is a pretty important part of your business. Totally. Yeah. So uh, my younger brother, Bryce, is actually our intern this summer. <laughs> He's somewhere in the kitchen right now. I think he's actually eating, so I don't think he's really working right now. Um, but we definitely, I mean, our family, we're super close. I'm literally here five days a week uh, with my husband, which is really funny. They give us a lot of good feedback. They do. They, yeah. they give us good ideas. Sometimes yep. they're like, hey, we were at such and such restaurant. We had this dish, and you guys should try and do something like that. Yeah, they're super involved. Yeah. Um, everyone really likes to give their two cents. Yes. But it's helpful. <laughs> Um, and we, we really want to keep the business as much in the family as possible. And just like, you know, it's, it's been really fun for us to have Bryce work with us because he's actually learning helpful skills. He's a marketing major and it's fun for us to spend a lot of time with him and be able to share this with him. And he's like, wow, I had no idea how much work this is. You know, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. He's really cute too, because like, his college friends, when they came home one time last year, he's like, mom, you need to make some like baked good, vegan and gluten-free so my friends know how good it really is. Like, <laughs> so he eats anything, so. Yeah, but it's been a lot of fun to introduce them yeah. <laughs> to this whole world. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I got my brother and my dad pretty fully on board with, you know, the more healthy, you know, I can't have gluten, I can't have dairy, and now they love those baked goods. and. Recently, I've started to have, um, you know, cousins and other family members that find even just my little account. And, you know, they're just amazed. They're like, a smoothie bowl? You know, like, they didn't even know what a smoothie bowl was. <laughs> like, I, I'd make cookies, you know, and take them. And it's, it's such a good feeling, you know, when family that doesn't typically eat those foods are suddenly so, you know, entranced by them. So I think that's adorable that he's working with you guys, too. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun for us. Hopefully. <laughs> And so I saw that you recently hired on, I believe she was an old friend of yours, right, Lexi? Yeah. And so when did you guys decide to like hire someone on? Because I know from a couple entrepreneurs I've talked to, that's one of their biggest struggle points. They don't know, you know, when to kind of let someone else come in and help them. And so, you know, what was that thought process? What made you finally decide to hire someone on? And what has that meant for you guys and the business to have someone else helping you? Yeah, so it was a couple months back, I think early February, 
And we were just getting to a point where even with two of us working full time, we were just constantly so busy and so stressed. And we kind of thought about where we wanted the business to go. And we really do want to grow the business and we want to be able to expand our team and hire more people. And you can't do that if you don't do that. It was kind of a leap of, not not a leap of faith, but it was, it was a big step, I guess um, we could say. And we, it really made sense um, to bring Lizzie on because she, we have really similar backgrounds. Um, We were both on the cross country team in college. Um, She also majored in English. We just have super similar beliefs and um, lifestyles. And she's also super smart and just awesome. Uh, So it really made sense for us to, to hire somebody that we knew would really contribute a lot to our business and help us grow um, because that's the only way you can really do that with having a small business. You know, that's the only way you can really sustainably grow is to bring somebody on who you know is for sure going to grow your business and really contribute a lot and be a good fit. Um, So it was kind of just a natural progression Mm -hmm. for us. And um, it's been really great. Honestly, I feel like she's a lot less stressed now. That's right. Yeah, no, seriously. I feel like our work, days are a lot less stressful because Mm -hmm. I'm not constantly having to like answer emails and and write blog posts like in the middle of our day where I'm supposed to be you know doing photo shoots and yeah it's been really great so far and just really exciting I guess so it was pretty pretty cool to be able to to do that and to be able to you know do this with one of my best friends so yeah we're really big into keeping it with people that we know and love yeah you know it's just yeah it's fun to be able to to do it with yeah and you know you started this as a very close family project almost you know that elevated into this business so you know to bring in someone that you can trust and feel comfortable around only makes sense and you know it's kind of like an extension of the family if she's been with you you know through the years and stuff so I think that's that's beautiful and I'm curious, have there been any other either like tools or practices that you've implemented that really like took a load off of you? You know, maybe something that, you know, before you did it this way and it took you, you know, too much time or too much effort. And now you've sort of found like a shortcut version that's just as good and kind of takes the stress off of you. I would say the biggest thing for me um, was learning how to edit photos properly. Um, I actually, for the first year and a half or so, I was using Photoshop, which is really just not ideal for me. And when I, I find, like, I don't know why I was so intimidated about Lightroom, um, but I finally, it's intimidating it is any, but the basic, I think anyone can use the basic. Yeah. It's awesome. yeah. Yeah. So once I learned how to use Lightroom and actually edit photos properly, I feel like that made everything so much less stressful because I can just go in now and make an edit in like five to 10 minutes. Whereas before it would take me like 30 minutes to do one photo and I still wasn't happy with it. Um, so I think that's helped a lot. Um, I think like in terms of cooking, but yeah, organization in the kitchen is definitely actually the, our puppy, my puppy, he stole my dog. Um, he, he's really bad at jumping on the counter. So we have to be even more organized in the kitchen. So I think honestly though, that's kind of helped me because then it makes me be more neat, organized, have things planned out and prepped. And, yeah. You know, I think like when I give her photo shoot stuff now, 
I like have a tray and I put everything on it, even the things she might use for garnishing and it's all like ready to go. I think that's definitely streamlined things too, having that mm-hmm. process. Yeah. So. And just practicing, I mean, cooking like knife skills. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think we're much more efficient. Yeah. Because you know what we're doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> all of it, everything has just become more efficient. Um, yeah. And the same goes for photography, like knowing what you want to shoot how you want to shoot it like exactly what shots you know you need to get for a blog post ahead of time is so helpful um because sometimes i go into a shoot and have no idea what i want to do and then it takes you know a few hours and i'm not again like i don't love the final results and it's just too complicated so I'm, i'm really trying to make that a bit more streamlined as well well that being said lexi what is your what are your maybe top two photography, you know, tools that you couldn't do without? And Beth, what are your two top two <laughs> kitchen tools that you just couldn't go without? Um, so photography, obviously, I mean, this is not obvious one. Obviously, the <laughs> camera has made a huge difference for us. Um, we had really great cameras before, mm-hmm. um, but we recently upgraded to an even better camera, and the difference it's was just yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much less effort now. Like I can just you know, I just snap a photo, and it's already ten times better than with the other camera I was using. So it's definitely an investment, and if you're just starting out, it's not you know. Start out with the best equipment, but I will say that if you can make the investment, it's it makes a really big difference. Um, and also, I would say investing in some great props and backgrounds that's also made a really big difference. We we bought a bunch of photography backdrops what, three years ago mm-hmm. when we were just starting out, and they're great and we love them and we've used them a lot. But we were kind of getting a little bit bored and kind of just falling into the same patterns so we bought a few new ones at the beginning of this year and it really just made a difference to change things up and it actually helped me kind of refine our sense of style a little bit and yeah so I think that investing in some good props and and backdrops and like we just went to an antique store my father-in-law is really into antiques so he took Mm me a local place he goes and goes through stuff I was shocked at how much like old kitchen stuff there was yeah. Like really shocked because stuff I would have thrown away because quite frankly it looks young and old and like who would want it. But there was tons of it there, so there's a lot of cool stuff that you can get that doesn't it's cost cheap. a lot of money. Yeah. It's cheap. It looks um, really good in photos and it yeah. Really you don't have to have like if you saw our shop. You don't have to have what we have, but you can just have a decent amount of base stuff that you use. Use it over and over. For me, it would be hands down the um, the Cuisinart, the food processor, and the the blender. Yeah. I don't know how we function without it. Ten and maybe the little uh, lemon limes hand squeezers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I agree. I swear I use my blender like every day, especially since my food processor broke. <laughs> but and our blender, one of our blenders, the motor just died on it. Because so. we use it too much. <laughs> That's a good, good problem, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, my blender actually started overheating the other day. I thought it was going to blow, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, smelling it. You yeah, know, like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to ask, Beth, I saw, I believe it's you, the other day, <laughs> you were saying that you teach classes, you know, and Suncor was sponsoring it. I was trying to remember the details exactly, but I can't. Could you, like, just talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's amazing. 
Yeah, every Thursday, um, I volunteer and teach like healthy plant-based cooking at a place called Gilda's Club. Um, there's many of them throughout the U.S., but um, it's a local one here. It's a cancer support organization that supports the whole family. So the patient and, uh, and their family and friends that are also going through, you know, the cancer diagnosis. And that's what I really love about it. So they started this Healthy Start program this year. And they um, offer yoga, and they have Pilates, and they have all different types of stuff. And they asked me if I would do the cooking classes. So actually, some of our inspiration, like I just made a salad for, because I did a class on spiralizing the other day. And um, sometimes it inspires recipes for us as well, because they have certain requests of things they want to learn about. Um, but yes, on Core, we work with them a lot every month. And um, I asked them if they would donate some superfood products, and they were so generous. <laughs> Yeah, because people are always, your, um, the people in your class are always so interested yeah. in all of these things because mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't know about yeah. you know, nutrition or all these crazy superfood ingredients. So, exactly, and I always yeah. try to have things so that they can try it. So if I'm working with hemp and goji berries or whatever, I always pass things around, they can taste it, they can look at it. And they actually said that they really love that because those things are expensive, right? And you're not going to just go buy it just I said you should do it if they can try it then they know you know that they really enjoy those products and why it's important for them to use yeah and I think she's done a really good job at showing them how to make healthy food accessible and taste good because um, mm -hmm. I think so many people are so suspicious of vegetables <laughs> and healthy ingredients and she'll go in and make this delicious soup and they're like what I never knew Kale can taste so good. It's also yeah. easy to things up too because, you know, I just assume everyone can cook, right? Like, and not everybody, I'm not saying the people in the class can't, it's just that, you know, they don't maybe have that same instinct. So it's made me think about it from their perspective. And I think that's helped with the blog too, is mm -hmm. I'm creating recipes to, to simplify it because I realized like, okay, maybe they don't have the budget to buy 30 things for the stew that I just told them to make. So yeah, um, yeah. but I love it. I think it's, it's really great. And um, it's fun when people come and tell you they, made something for their family and how much they loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you can use, you know, your knowledge and even your platform to provide and educate these people to live, you know, a healthier life. And you never know, just, you know, making one soup that's healthy and delicious could change their entire outlook, you know, and probably has, and it just makes them, you know, more open to those foods in the future. So I just, when I saw that, I just had to ask you about it because I think that is so amazing to use, you know, use your knowledge and your platform for good, you know, like that. And to, you know, be able to work with a brand like Suncor to provide those objects that, like you said, can sometimes be a bit pricey for some people's budget. Yet, you know, now they get to try them and then decide for themselves if it's something they want to invest in. So that is amazing. And on the topic of brands, I was wondering, could you guys kind of walk us through like what a typical brand partnership might look like for someone at your level? Because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there and I just kind of wanted to see if you guys could help like clear the water and explain kind of what goes down, you know, working with brands and thus, you know, supporting your business through it. Absolutely. So first of all, the way that we look at brand partnerships is that a obviously we are never going to work with a brand that we don't actually use and love and want you know are comfortable with sharing to our audience so i think that's first and foremost an important thing to, to get out there and also i think that there's this huge misconception about people work around people working with brands and 
you know, a lot of these brands are doing amazing things. They're providing amazing, healthy options. Um, and I think that people have this weird like misconception that, you know, they're just trying to get your money and, you know, they just want to advertise on social media. It's like, I feel like we actually buy their products. You buy their products. There's nothing wrong with, with sharing that if we truly, you know, believe in it and use it. So I think that's always important to clarify. <laughs> um, but basically, um, you know, every partnership looks a little bit different, but I would say that our typical partnership, um, you know, sometimes it's a brand that reaches out to us or sometimes it's a brand that we use and love and really want to reach out to. And then hopefully that leads to something. But basically, um, you know, we, first and foremost, it's really important to negotiate or to, to discuss what the goals are on both ends. Um, you know, we want to be able to retain our authenticity and um, our aesthetic and our recipe, you know, <laughs> style um that's really important on our end and then you know they might have certain goals for working with us whether that's like the type of audience that they're reaching or like you know a certain campaign around a holiday or, or anything like that and then um it's a really honestly usually a really stress-free process we usually don't have um too many issues negotiating and we're just able to settle on something that we both agree on and then usually we have a lot of creative license to just come up with a recipe that we are interested in developing using their product. And from there, you know, we just go through the normal process of testing and shooting and, and taking photos and then writing the post and then getting everything approved. Um, and yeah, usually it's, it's pretty fun and just like a normal post that we might be working on, but obviously it definitely comes with its ups and downs. And I think going forward, um, our, one of our main goals with continuing to grow the blog is that we don't want to necessarily have to rely so much on working with brands just because it can be stressful. Um, and as seasons change, you know, so does the market and there's not always a ton of opportunities. Um, so we've been trying to just diversify a little bit more. Um, and we also work with a number of freelance. Um, we do some brand photography for clients um, separately from Crowded Kitchen. Um, so that's a nice way to diversify as well if you're interested in photography and recipe development. So I think with brands too, it's nice we do have several partnerships where mm -hmm. we work consistently. Some of is a good example actually. Yeah. Um, where we have that consistency, we love the product, you know, they enjoy our work and we have that nice relationship where we can really get to know the brand and I think yeah. that helps us to help them more and we really um, understand their mission and have that partnership makes things yeah. yeah definitely but I would say if, if for people that are trying or are just getting started reaching out to brands um, I think it's really important to just sit down and really think about what sets you apart and what you want to portray and just don't be afraid to reach out to brands the worst they can do is say no or answer, which does right. happen as well but often they do answer and you know it definitely can lead to something and even if it doesn't lead to something right up front, it could lead to something down the road. Yeah, um, don't be afraid to go back. Yeah. That would be the other advice. Yeah, there's companies that 50,000 followers ago kind of ignored us and now they're like, hey, you wanna do something? <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, to just keep those brands in mind if it's something you're really passionate about and believe in, reach back out to them at another day. Yeah, we tried, we're trying to make it as stress-free as possible, <laughs> which is annoying. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, have you ever had a bad experience working with a brand where something didn't go right or, you know, there was like miscommunication at some point? We've never had a bad experience, but definitely where maybe, and that's been part of the learning process on our end as well. And even for companies, because this whole social media thing is so new, right? For using influencers, but we've learned to ask more questions, more Mm -hmm. specific questions, because there have been times when maybe it wasn't exactly what they had in mind. We had to to change things and that's fine because it pays to do that. I would say the one thing though that really bothers me is that there are definitely a lot of brands out there who not necessarily try to take, well, try to take advantage of you, where like they basically, you know, expect you to, some brands just want you to do work basically for free. And like we're a full-time business and, you know, when we were first starting out, yeah, maybe we did do some stuff in exchange for product. But at the same time, like it's important that brands respect the fact that we are also a business. So that can be a struggle, but I mean, I, I would say that most people we work with are very kind and very yeah, easy. And understand. Yeah. And so you said you were trying to diversify so that you weren't depending so much on brand partnerships. Where would you say your largest source of income in the blog comes from? Currently, it definitely is brand partnerships. Uh, Well, it's brand partnerships and our freelance work that we do um, on the side. So we're trying to grow the blog income so that it's more equal, um, more equal proportion with the uh, partnership revenue. And then we're also looking into growing in other ways. So um, maybe, yeah, doing some classes, in-person classes, online classes, um, potentially thinking about doing some more like photography, tutorial sorts of things. Um, We're trying to kind of figure out what our audience wants and then, you know, hopefully we can tailor our services a bit more for that, so. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you earlier when we were talking about photography, if you guys ever considered doing that, because I know, you know, I I'm personally do not use an actual camera. They still intimidate me, <laughs> but I have a couple of friends who do. And, you know, I know they really struggled getting that understanding of, you know, all the camera settings like you guys said you did, and then learning how to edit and just like developing a style and, you know, the whole photo shoot process. And, They've really struggled with it, you know, and they're still working through it. So that's funny you said that because I I was going to ask you about that. But yeah, that's that's an interesting way to like create more more avenues, you know, for your work and talent to get out there. Totally, yeah. Just we're just trying to figure out the best way to do that that helps people and you know also makes sense for us in terms of the amount of time that we spend doing it because I think especially doing classes like. It's a lot of time to prepare. We want to make sure we really yeah. get through before we jump yeah. in. Yeah, we don't want we to have a lot in. of ideas, yeah. but we want to make sure it's well thought out. Yeah. So we aren't doing a little of this, 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 and this, yeah. and stress out. Yeah, we also want to be able to offer people like really comprehensive guides and you know, so they hopefully most of their questions can be answered in one place. So mm-hmm. it just takes some time. But we that's kind of our next focus after we I and mean, we're still kind of getting everything figured out with the blog and uh, getting into a regular posting schedule, but yeah. Would you guys ever do like a cookbook or something? I think definitely it's in our future at some point. We, we, we actually have talked to two publishers on, and it, it wasn't the right fit for us at the time. They wanted it in a short period of time and we just like, we're going to do it. Stressful. Like it's, it's a lot of work testing all those recipes and taking all the photos and like you want to do it the right way. Also, I think 
we've talked about it, like having more, more followers, it makes sense, right? You know, um, it'd be nice if people buy the cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. From, we've talked to a couple of people that have done cookbooks, and it definitely seems like some people don't have the best experiences, and we want to make sure that we, yeah. if we're going to do it, it's going to be a good experience, and we're not, you know. Yeah, we would really want to devote time to do yeah. it the right way because we want it to be special and really reflect something we love and enjoy and hopefully eventually. Yeah. yeah, I just heard yesterday I was listening to another podcast with a you know food blogger and she's saying I guess like I don't know, maybe it was for her publishing house in particular, but the average like cookbook start to finish process took about like two years. And you know, that was just me being naive that I didn't you know, think about how much work does go into them, but that's, it just blew my mind. And, but I think if you guys do one in the future, it will be, it will be amazing. <laughs> we appreciate that. Hopefully, hopefully it was in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. The intern is asking a question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, do you guys have like, who do you guys look up to? Who do you guys, you know, maybe you don't draw inspiration from, I guess, but there's people you admire or people that you look up to in this space or just, you know, I guess in any field on social media or, you know, a blog in general. For sure. Um, so first of all, I would say I don't spend as much time on social media as I used to. Um, I've just found that it stresses me out a lot and it's hard to work I mean as you know like it, it can be really stressful to work in social media and constantly be spending time on social media so that being said when I am on social media I would say that I mostly follow and source my inspiration from photography based accounts because while I like following a bunch of other accounts I just don't have the time and energy a lot of the times to to um you know, discovering new people and yeah. yeah. Even if it's like landscape photography and things like that, yeah. we also really enjoy that. Um, yeah, it's a visual. So movie. yeah, it's more just good photography. Yeah, so that, so I mean, there are so many incredible food photographers out there and I just love looking at their photos. Um, we're actually going, yeah, we're going to a workshop in, in Ireland um, with one of our favorite food photographers. But, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head um, what, who our favorite photographers are. Uh, the Kitchen McCabe. I don't know if you follow her. Kitchen McCabe. She's probably my half baked harvest, of course. Like, yeah, um, um, there are so many talented food photographers out there, but we really like um, photographers that really have like a really specific style and aesthetic. Um, and I just love that. And it's just like moody photos. Mm -hmm. I don't know, so many beautiful photos out there. Yeah, so uh, also Pinterest is another great source for us for photography. So. Yeah, I love that. And I do know half half of the ones you guys mentioned, Half Baked Harvest is a, a favorite of mine. <laughs> you know, I some of her, you know, recipes I you know, like I have to I'd have to have a, you know, acquired taste for, but I love her photography. And like you said, I could just sit and scroll through her photos. <laughs> I do that all the time. Sometimes I just go on her blog and I'm just like sitting there just and scrolling. Like every single thing is just absolutely stunning. <laughs> I mean there's yeah, 
yeah. as much anymore. So it doesn't fill with people. Changes daily. That's another oh. thing. We learn not to be stressed. Yeah. When all those changes first happen, it is kind of stressful. And then we're just like, oh, whatever. Like, if we're creating something we love, we don't, like, we just don't stress over it anymore. Like, how many likes it gets or whatever. Like, it just yeah. doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, that's like the biggest complaint, not complaint, but the biggest, you know, worry that I've, you know, had a lot of people tell me is that it's, it can be so unpredictable. And so I think that's why having a blog is all the better because, you know, that's stable. That's yours. You know, it's, it's not going to crash. Well, hopefully it won't crash on you like Instagram is so, and it won't hopefully get hacked or any of that crazy stuff that happens. So that's, you know, another thing going for you. <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've really seen such so many of the changes on Instagram because we started four years ago. So we were we were in it when it was doing really well and we gained like 20,000 followers in a few months because they decided all of a sudden to, you know, share our page or however that works. Who knows? Um, and then we've also seen the times where like all of a sudden one day it just engagement drops by like and we go backwards for five days in a row or yeah so stagnant. and it's just we laugh about it now in the beginning yeah. it was stressful it was yeah we didn't really understand it and yeah. i think a lot of people did there were people we followed who were actually pretty good at what they did and they actually quit because they had trouble adapting to it and we just decided yeah i think the way we look at it though is like doing it you don't you can't really actually monetize instagram you right. know instagram's not paying you to, to post so we really just try to focus on the things that, that are and yeah. then instagram is obviously a, we love we love it we just try to have a good relationship with instagram and um share the things that we love and you know there are people there are always going to be people out there that appreciate it so you know even if they don't always see it <laughs> well that being said i'll have this as like the last last question and then we'll just do a couple quick rapid fire ones but Sorry. what would oh you're Come here. you're fine Sorry, Come here. gonna bark, so I just... okay. <laughs> that's fine that's totally fine um so what would be you know if either if both of you want to answer or if you have a you know generalized piece of advice but what would be your top advice for anyone you know looking to get started you know with their own business kind of in the blogging, you know, food photography world that you guys are in? Um, I would say to do quite a bit of research before starting. Um, I think if you're not totally sure that you want to do it and you just jump right in and then realize, oh my gosh, this is a lot more work than I thought, you know, that's, that's not a good situation. So I would do a lot of research. There's, there are quite a few resources out there that are really mm -hmm. helpful. Like I said, Food Blogger Pro has been incredibly helpful. Um, in terms of like learning how to actually launch a blog, um, and but also, also spending time like on yeah. other blogs, so you kind of learn the style maybe that mm -hmm. you want to have. Because you're right, just launching it and then realizing like, oh, I don't like this style. Yeah, or changing like, it is a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing, and then um, also just not giving up too soon, or you know, just really not being afraid to fail because we failed quite a bit or like not necessarily failed, but like we look back and we're like, Oh my God, like what were we doing? You know? Yeah. But um, we've learned so much from all of that trial and we would not be where we are today if we hadn't just kept going and just like, I'm sure two years from now we'll look back at what we're doing today and some of our stuff will be like, what? <laughs> but that's good. That's it. Like, that's a good thing. 
and being true to yourself. I think realizing there's no right or wrong to it, right? There's no yeah. guidebook on how to do this. So, yeah. you know, it should reflect you and what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's part of finding your style, you know, just maybe, you know, some people have to work this way and others, you know, work that way. So I think that's wonderful. Well, as part of the rapid fire, then just to conclude this up, I wanted to ask each of you, and I know this will probably be the hardest question of the interview, but what are, what is your favorite dish that you've made? Oh man, that we've made. Hmm. I'm gonna say that pulled mushroom. That was really? Yeah. Are you just saying that because it's the most recent thing you made? No. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I feel like some of the baked stuff. Baking the vegan gluten free baking has always been our challenge, and this year I feel like I finally the s'mores brownies. Progress the s'mores brownies. S'mores brownies. Now we're gonna give you thirty of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was before the s'mores brownies. We made them right before. It was really good. The chocolate cupcakes were really good. Chocolate cupcakes. I did like the pulled the carrot cake cupcakes. Those have been like one of my favorite cupcakes so far. Yeah. (laughs) But changes every week. (laughs) Yeah. No. I. I mean, everything you guys make looks so good. I just like. I can't even decide what recipe to make because I'll be like, I'll be like scrolling through your recents. I'm like, oh, I just want to make all of these. Yeah. And then as the last rapid fire question, I know you guys, we didn't really touch on this, but I know you guys travel a lot and you have some beautiful travel photography as well, but what has been your favorite place that you visited so far? My husband and I went there in January. It's, it's the most breathtaking, like it's so difficult to describe. It's almost like, I guess the way I could describe it is it's almost like a spiritual feeling when you're there realizing like how much of the land is untouched and never will be touched. And it's just these beautiful mountains with these filmy clouds and beautiful icebergs and glaciers. And and it is like my favorite moment of the trip. We were actually, we went out in the Zodiac boats and there was a a photographer in our boat and he made everyone stop speaking for five minutes. You could hear the snow falling. You could hear the penguins, you know, porpoising through the water and a whale in the distance. And yeah, it was very cool. Your turn. I would say, um, I think it's a tie for me between Ireland and Peru. Um, we had an amazing yeah, family trip to Peru a couple yeah. of years ago, and that was just every single minute of that trip was so mm-hmm. much fun and so beautiful. And the food was so good. Yeah, it was, it was a really great trip. And then I also, I just love Ireland. It's just, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those Ireland and Antarctica have been like a dream destination for me. So I'm hoping to get there someday. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for this once more. Like I said in the beginning, I very much appreciate your time. I, after hearing your work schedule, I know how busy you are. (laughs) So thank you so much. And it's just been an honor to pick at your minds because I, you guys truly inspire me every day. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. No, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is been great. Yeah. So I know my intro was long and drawn out and the episode was a rather quick one, but I think they kind of balance each other out. I'm just, you know, still in awe that I was able to talk with Lexi and Beth. They're such sweethearts, such, you know, just compassionate, wonderful human beings. The work they do is so beautiful and they put so much, you know, heart, soul, effort into it, as I'm sure you could hear, you know, as they're talking and explaining all that they do for this business of theirs. I truly think 
they are an inspiration for anyone in, you know, this field of self-work, self-employment, entrepreneurship, creative processing, because, you know, they broke down their own process, what happens, you know, like when they're just trying to, you know, get their creativity boosted again and how they kind of keep morale to keep going, you know, because it's, it's hard to work for yourself and you're not always getting, you know, milestones along the way. It's, you've got to be your own cheerleader and your own freaking coach and your own freaking team because you're doing it all on your own. Well, you know, they have two of them, but you guys get the gist. <laughs> so if you want to find them on Instagram, remember it is at crowded underscore kitchen highly recommend their recipes so delicious i'm actually getting hungry because i was just looking at their website again (laughs) and if you want to find me i'm on instagram at thrive underscore on life i'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode if you want to go ahead and share it on your stories or maybe go on itunes leave a rate review subscribe i'm up for anything and i'm just thankful you're listening so i'll see you next week and that's a wrap bye